Hello, happy Halloween, boo. I feel like that was from some show like forever ago growing up. It's like they answer the phone. They're like, hello, happy Halloween, boo. Maybe it was like home improvement or something. I don't know. <laughs> happy Halloween, though. Uh, so Halloween used to be All Hallows Eve and you have All Saints Day on November 1st. And so I just somebody had mentioned kind of how the name got to be where it was. And then I was like, oh, I wonder a little bit more about the history of Halloween. And so I started looking into it. And before I get started, there's so many different things that have like come and gone and contributed and it's celebrated differently and, you know, different countries. And, you know, there's just, there's been all these different things that have been adopted and and changed and whatever so like if you really like if any of this piques your interest there's actually a lot more history to it um that you can find out but this is like kind of the more basic rundown that I could find um so Halloween did originate with an ancient Celtic festival called Samhain which is actually spelled S-A-M-H-A-I-N um, but that's when people would light bonfires and wear costumes to ward off ghosts. Then in the 18th century, the Pope named uh, November 1st All Saints Day, like I mentioned, which is to honor the saints. And they kind of began to incorporate some of the um, festivities from Samhain. And so some of those traditions then came to be what... All Hallows Eve is known as. So you have All Saints Day, and prior to that was All Hallows Eve. And then Hallows Eve turned into Halloween as we know it. Um, so it was kind of a celebration of the new year for them, which was like the end of summer, end of their harvest, and it was the beginning of like, you know, really cold, dark winter, which is also kind of a time that's associated with death. And if you're not sure who the Celts were, they're kind of um, more central to Ireland, like UK, northern France area. Um, so the Celts believed that the veil between the world of the living and the dead was blurred on that day. So they they felt like the ghosts of the departed, of the dead, ha would be return. Um, they also felt like with the spirits um, closer to them that priests could make predictions um, so, you know, you kind of have your, like, fortune telling, but for this, it was kind of more, like, trying to give them hope to get through, like, the really, um, you know, like, a dreary season, I guess. Um, they built bonfires, they wore mostly, like, animal heads and skins, um, and then as we transition more into what we know of it in America, it merged from those different European groups, um, and with what American Indians were doing, and it turned more into play parties uh, to celebrate the harvest. So again, it's going back to the harvest and food and things. Um, and then the colonial Halloween was kind of more where like ghost stories and mischief and, you know, some of those things with vandalism started to come into play. And because they thought that there were you know, ghosts and souls and spirits coming down to the living world, they felt like if they went outside that maybe they weren't safe. So that's when they would wear masks to not be recognized so they could kind of blend in. Um, it will not be recognized, but also like blend in with the spirits like they would, you know, think that they were one of them. Um, but they left food out for ghosts to um, kind of like appease them and not 
hopefully not have them enter their house. Um, but then there was also soul cakes that were created. Um, so people would also dress up and go house to house for asking for food or money. Like poor people would, because again, it was in such like a time where, um, you know, food was very scarce and so they would make these soul cakes to give to these people coming door to door in exchange for them to pray for the, their family um like pray for their dead relatives and so the other thing that is kind of interesting is again like how they thought priests can make predictions young women also started to believe they could figure out the name of their like future husband um and so they had like different tricks and things to do that that would tell them you know who, who their person was gonna be um then the late 1800s is when it became more like about community like there's a movement to make it more about community and family and remove some like the scary, frightening elements that are associated with Halloween. And then the 1950s, there's the baby boom, right? So celebrations kind of moved more into classrooms and homes instead of like the big, um, like things like parades and events at like, um, like, I don't know, community centers and civic centers and things like that. Um, and so to prevent being tricked and like I said, some of the vandalism and things like that, they would provide small treats for, <laughs> for you know the kids and people in the neighborhood um, and it was a cheaper way to celebrate Halloween as a whole. So there's many things that you can see throughout history that like tie into certain things we do like trick-or-treating. Um, I know there are things with apples and pumpkins and like you can kind of see how things got pulled from different directions. Um, some interesting facts though about Halloween. Um, typically we spend about six billion dollars annually in America on Halloween, um, which is like the second largest commercial holiday after Christmas. And this year we are like um, projected to do double that at like twelve point two billion dollars, which is the most that's ever been spent. And so it's about a hundred and eight dollars per like person family who's spending money because they're they're buying costumes, candy, decor, cards, different things like that. And another fun fact, um, money-wise, is because we all like to see pets dressed up, right? <laughs> uh, uh, $1 billion is being spent on pet costumes each year. And the most common pet costumes are a pumpkin, hot dog, a bat, a bumblebee, and a spider. And what do you think this year's most popular costumes are going to be? Yeah, Barbie for sure. Barbie and Wednesday Adams are like two of the most um, popular for Halloween for this year. Um, some interesting things, like I said, was one of five people pretend like they aren't home on Halloween. And I, I mean, I kind of get that. I think the only time that I've like pretended like I'm not home is if I didn't have time to go get candy. Candy corn used to be called chicken feed. It's been around actually since like the 1800s, which was kind of crazy to me. Um, Irish and Scottish used to carve turnips instead of pumpkins, but then when they migrated to the U.S., that's when they realized pumpkins are easier to carve. Um, a full moon falls on Halloween every 19 years. And did you know that pumpkin is a fruit, not a vegetable? Um, and then the most popular candy, what do you think the most popular candy would be? Obviously, it's going to be chocolate. The number one is M&M's, 
followed by a Reese's peanut butter cups. Okay, with it being Halloween and all, I had asked one of my friends, I was like, oh, it'd be cool if I could tell a, like, a scary story or something, and I was like, but I need, like, a prompt, I need something to go off of instead of just, like, reading a story that already exists, and I was talking to Laura, and she said that she has this abandoned house that is right next door, and there's all of these creepy noises that come out of it. She said it's like animal noises. Um, there's like things living in the backyard, but the weird thing is the fact that, um, like you'll get closer to it and the noises get louder, but you don't see anything there. Like you don't see any animals, you don't see any people, but you hear these like really creepy, eerie noises. So she told me that last year they decided on Halloween to like go investigate the house and so I think it was her her friend and her cousin and so they went up to the front door and her and her friend were like no we're not going in but her cousin's like y'all come on so she ended up going inside the house the two of them waited in the doorway but she went in and like when she came back out she told them like she felt this like really like cold chill come over her so then they got like freaked out and went back home and then I feel like she said maybe like a week or two later when her cousin was at the house again they were out in their backyard and they could hear the noises that they normally do but this time her cousin could see a person in the backyard so like when they were hearing the noises she could like see a person but Laura couldn't see him and so it was really creepy And so now, like, ever since that day, like, she went in, when they hear those noises, like, she can see things that nobody else can see. (laughs) All right, that story wasn't real. Except she did say that she does have a semi-abandoned house (laughs) that lives, or that lives, that's next door to her. That's been, like, abandoned for five years, but now somebody's moving into it. And that there are weird noises, but it's from the animals in the backyard and it's just kind of creepy. So yeah, <laughs> that was my quick on the spot, make it up uh, Halloween story. I hope you enjoyed. Um, another thing that I did want to talk about is Matthew Perry's passing, which is obviously very sad. And I feel like is another one of those celebrity deaths that is actually like impacting more people than it usually would. And there's a post about, you know, it feels personal because not only are we, you know, you're losing the actor, but it also is like a, um, a connection to the show because now every time that you watch Friends, you're going to remember that he's not here anymore and he was someone who made people's days better or they could relate to him or they knew somebody like him or they wanted to be friends with him. And I think that it's also been now like with his passing has also been like people learning more about his personal life and his struggles and I know some people already knew about it but I feel like a lot more now they're realizing you know how much he really did struggle with alcoholism and addiction and um there's also the the little like um 
quote from him talking about how he would rather be remembered for all of the things that he did to help other people as opposed to friends being in the forefront. Um, So he like created a sober living facility for men. Um, Anytime somebody reached out, especially with um, concerns about sobriety, like he was always there to help them. He wrote a play, um, you know, about people that are struggling with those demons and how it is to be somebody who loves those people. Um, And then there's his memoir, which I haven't had a chance to read yet, but now I'm kind of curious to, not just because of his passing, but somebody else had told me recently that they read it. It was really interesting. But I think it's also, he's, he is relatable. He is that relatable character. And you see somebody who is also very famous that has these struggles like so many people do. And it wasn't a minor struggle like if you look at like how many times he went to rehab how much money he spent um how many times he was in the hospital how many surgeries he had like I feel like it also gives you some insight into alcoholism and addiction and what it what it really looks like um so I just that one I felt like is a good, not a good, (laughs) it's not a good thing that he passed away, but I feel like he's still helping people by bringing awareness to those struggles that people go through and the people who love them that they go through, and I think it's also hard because you see that he came through all of that, and then how he passed wasn't necessarily from that, like, it's, you know, if he, I think, we all are kind of, you know, just as he, he drowned and, you know, we know he did like all these things before, blah, blah, blah. But it sounds like he had a heart issue and then, then he drowned. And so it's like, you know, it wasn't necessarily because he was doing something negative in the moment. It wasn't that he tried to take his own life. It wasn't any of those things that maybe could have happened um, previously, and so I think it's a little bit, also, it just feels, um, it feels sudden, even though it could have happened at any time, you know, because he's had those, those brushes with death before. Anyway, I just wanted to touch on that one for a second, and, you know, there's all the, the sweet, like, emotional memes with, you know, friends, and all of that, and, so if that's kind of, you know, on your heart, I hear you, I feel you, um, and I think that is it for today. I hope you guys have a super happy Halloween. If you celebrate and you're going to go do anything or if you have the kiddos, I always love to see everybody dressed up. I do feel like um, a lot of the adults this year are going and throwing it back old school to, like, movies and shows and references from when we were growing up that I'm like oh yeah these younger folk folk who says that (laughs) these younger kids um old people that's who says that uh wouldn't necessarily recognize but they're like fully committing and it's so awesome and I'm like yes so I'm living for these like throwback costumes that are really just regular costumes you know um So if you're doing that, have fun. If you have the kids, I can't wait to see those photos of them and also the pets like we talked about, like to see the pets dressed up. And 
I won't be dressed up. I'm not doing anything this year, which is kind of sad because the past two years I've done like inflatable dress up things. Um, I might post those on the Instagram. So you guys have a wonderful All Hallows Eve. Stay safe and enjoy the candy.